people think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. Welcome to Kidney Talk. I'm Lori Hartwell. And I'm Stephen First. And you know what? We're going to talk about a topic that I just love because it's about traveling. I travel a lot for work, and I just love to travel and see all over the world in all different places. Well, I have to tell you, I, I you know, when I was on dialysis, I always dreamed I wish I could travel. And to date, I can say that I've been to over 46 states. Um, while, <laughs> traveling. While on dialysis? No, I did some when I was on dialysis, but... Um, you know, I've been traveling for the last few years, just speaking, and um, I never thought that I would travel as much as I've traveled, and it's just such a wonderful experience. You know, it's so funny because when you get diagnosed with kidney disease and they say you have to go on dialysis, you think you think certain things are over for you, you know, working, traveling, mm-hmm. doesn't have to be true. It doesn't. When I was on dialysis, I never had much money. So um, my but idea of traveling... I don't think dialysis traveling... is going to help you with that. <laughs> um, my idea of traveling was I would go camping or I would go on short weekends. I never could afford the long trips. So I know we're going to be speaking to Bill Peckham, who's been to... Now, every... Bill Peckham is fascinating. He's been all over the world. He's been in so many countries and continents, and he's a dialysis patient. And we're going to really thoroughly talk to him about how he does it. How does he travel being on dialysis, especially in foreign countries? Because I think we're all spoiled by being in the United States with the utmost technology and everything. And I always think, gosh, what if I want to go to Africa? What if I want to go to, you know, Yugoslavia? You know, are they going to have the machines? Are they going to know what to do? Right. So he's going to, you know, set us straight. And, um, so, right. um, and, you know, I think there are travel uh, people who actually specialize in booking uh, tr- tours and trips for dialysis yes, patients. Yes, there's a dialysis cruise line. There's all kinds of things. I know. It's so funny, a dialysis cruise. I just... My aunt and her boyfriend just went on a cruise, a dialysis cruise, and they had a fabulous time. So I think that it's... Uh, I think it's you have to great... be a cruise person because, you know, you know what? I don't know if I'm a cruise person. I've never been on a cruise before. I love cruises. I love—I've been on several cruises. But what do you do on a cruise? Well, I mean— you 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 eat. <laughs> I know. That's the whole thing. It's all built around eating. You and when eat, you we're on shows, such restrictions— you rest, you get off— you know, The thing is about a cruise, what I like about it, is you don't have to think about anything. You don't have to drive well, I don't anywhere. do that anyway. But, yeah. You know, you just—you get off the boat and you walk around and, you know, you can do well, as little as you want. hopefully the boat is docked Exactly. The <laughs> this is true. That's got to be kind of disastrous. But, yeah, I really enjoy cruises. And I think my husband and my mom and, you know, I were thinking about going on Alaska cruise. And I think that will be a great experience. So. Well, the other thing I know is, like like I say, I've never been on a cruise, but I understand that, like, you sit down with certain people and you have to sit at that table the entire time. So what if you don't like the person you're sitting I next to? I think you to? can be moved. You can be moved, but yes. then you hurt the people's feelings and, you know. It's fun. I mean, you know, the thing that I love about traveling is all the people you meet. 
and the different people. And that's what I think is really neat about a cruise because, you know, you're on the ship and the first day, then the second or third day, you start running into the same people, so you strike up conversations. And that's one of the things that I really like about traveling is because I really enjoy meeting people, and that's an opportunity that a cruise provides. And one thing I love about traveling uh, is not only meeting the people, but just submerging myself in the local culture. Yes. Obviously, in the United States, it wouldn't be that big of a difference. But, you know, I work a lot in Bulgaria. And when I first got there, it was culture shock, you know. It's like stepping back in time about 50 years. But the people are just so lovely. And I I love the fact that I, when I work in Bulgaria, I'm not in an American-speaking hotel at all. I live in an apartment in the city, and I go shopping at the local market, you know, the produce market and the, they don't have like big markets there. They have like, they have their produce market. They don't market. have the mega markets there like no, we do. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I really, and it, it's very difficult because n- nobody speaks English there basically. But to learn how to communicate and shop and just get a taxi and everything. I mean, I, I am provided with an interpreter, you know, but a lot of times I'm not with her. So um, it's it's pretty fascinating, and it's it, this is going to be fascinating to me because I love to travel, and we are going to talk to Bill Peckham, who has he's like an expert. You know, I think he should write a book. I'm going to suggest that when we talk to him about good. how to uh, you know travel and stuff. So when we come back after Ricky Nelson sings his song "Traveling Man" again, we'll be back with Bill Peckham. Bill Peckham, Mister World Dialysis Traveler. I'm a traveling man. Made a lot of stops all over the world And in every port I own the heart of at least one lovely girl I have a pretty senior... Oh, I just love pretzels. Let's, let me see here. One serving is six pretzels? What, are they kidding me? Who only ate six pretzels? <sighs> I have to stay on my renal diet. I know. I can bite part of one pretzel, then bite the side of another pretzel, and then I hook them together, and I can count that as one pretzel. Mm. Boy, that was good. You know what I love now? A big gulp. Now if I fill it up halfway, and then drink it, and refill it to the top, Now, that won't count towards my daily fluid intake. Or will it? Make the connection. Eating high-sodium foods makes you thirsty, which will make you retain more fluids. Do you want to share a tip on how to stay within your fluid limit? Email us at kidneytalk at rsnhope.org, and we'll let our listeners in on your different tips. Oh, my sweet Fraulein down in Berlin town Makes my heart start to yearn Welcome, Bill Peckham, world traveler, kidney patient. How are you? Great. It's great to be here. Yeah, we're we're excited excited to hear about your adventures. (laughs) We are so excited to talk to you because I know for me, when I was diagnosed with kidney disease and having to go on dialysis, I thought, hey, that's the end of it. I'm going to have to stay at home. I'm going to have to stay within five miles of my dialysis unit. But you proved it all wrong. I know. Steve and I felt the same way when I started back in September of 1990. That was before the Internet, and I really thought my travel days were were over. 
I had loved traveling uh, before I started dialysis, but uh, I really didn't understand how widely you could travel even needing dialysis three days a week. So where is the first place that you traveled? Um, well, I started, started in dialysis. September uh, of 1990, and then that Christmas I went back to sh the Chicago area where my family is. And uh, so it was really uh, within three months I had taken my first trip. But uh, what I learned was how nerve-wracking it was to go to a new unit and uh, have someone else put in your needles and, and uh, just the whole unknown. That must have been really scary for the first time, because, I mean, I was scared to go to my own dialysis unit the first time. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I, I should have been journaling back then, but I, I can't say I really remember the experience. I just remember coming home and, and deciding right then that I was going to learn to put my own needles in. Because once the needles are in, we all kind of are the same. Just now, you, you up put to your machine. own needles in, even on the uh, in inpatient? Um, in center, yeah. I started putting in my needles right after that trip in 1991, in the, uh, I think February, March of 91, and uh, I've been doing it ever since. So, well, no, so what's the reason for you putting in your own needles at in-center? Well, uh, it, who knows my fistula better than me, and it actually, uh, I found it hurts less because uh, you're kind of doing it. And, just uh, the whole thing about it is um, a better experience, self-care and taking charge of your care. It's all uh, a piece of uh, doing well on dialysis. And I think certainly for someone who likes to travel like myself, putting your own needles really is a great way to go because it takes all the, um, you know, that worry out of visiting another unit. Once the needles are in, they should be able to hook you up just like they do their own patients day after day. And uh, it also kind of says to the staff, well, here's someone who really does take control of their treatment, is engaged, you know, doesn't know what they're doing, and uh, and because they don't know you either. But um, if you're putting in your own needles, it's kind of a, a statement about how involved you are in your care. Now, do you do you have to get trained to do that, or you just came in one day and say, hey guys, I'm going to do my own needles today? Well, you, you talk to the most experienced person on the staff, and, and you imagine it. And uh, and I remember the one staff kept asked, telling me I should learn to do it, and I kept saying no, but she didn't take no for an answer. So I'm uh, very indebted to April, but um, I've she seen other people learn to do it. She kept encouraging you that you could do it. Is that is that how it worked? She just kept reminding you. Yeah, she she knew I could do it. She said, and and uh, and how much better I would think it was. Uh, you know, it, it is. You know, it's it's a barrier to come over. I didn't like needles. I had a you know needle fear. I didn't even like looking. So um, it's a process, and she really saw in me that I had the ability to do it, and uh, and she was right. It is much better, even though uh, it's always easier to do nothing. And uh, but you have to come over that and, and realize that once you do get engaged, uh, it makes everything go easier. Now I know that you've traveled throughout the world. Um, I'm really excited to hear about some of your travels. Well, uh, in 1995, I joined the Carpenters Union, and they have excellent insurance because Medicare will only reimburse their 80% for dialysis units in the United States and Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands, by the way. But uh, for the Carpenters Union, once uh, they would reimburse me for anything Medicare didn't cover, so that opened up the whole world for travel. And it turns out you can travel all over the world. I went down to Costa Rica. That was my first trip abroad in 1995. Was that I really scary? haven't looked back. Was that scary, the first international trip? I was excited, and it was just great. And it was, uh, you know, uh, more primitive, I guess you would say, the unit, you know, like uh, bottles of iodine instead of little individual iodine swabs, you know, that sort of thing. But still, the machine's the same. I put in my needles, and 
you know, away we go. And so I uh, have been able to take a trip every year I've gone abroad since that 1995. And now, looking back, I've gone to five different continents, and uh, still in South America and Antarctica. And then I've seen 29 countries since starting dialysis, actually dialyzing in 19 countries. Well, what's one of the most exciting or most memorable places that you've been? Well, you know, I love Europe. Uh, it's great going to Australia, but, boy, Africa is just something you never I, – I, when I started dialysis, I thought for sure I just would never be able to go on a game, game uh, safari, you know, a photo safari, where you're in those open jeeps and you're looking at lions that have just killed a giraffe, and that's what happened. I went to Africa. I met my mom in Cape Town, and we took a drive across the southern tip of Africa. It's called the Garden Route from Cape Town to – uh, Port Elizabeth, and I had dialysis in Cape Town and Port Elizabeth. I mean, that was just amazing to go from the Atlantic to the Indian Ocean. And it was so exotic and different feeling. You knew you weren't in Europe. <laughs> what were the uh, dialysis units like in Africa? Well, they're very small. They're private units uh, that, uh, you know, Africa, because of its uh, unique history, has kind of a two-tier medical system, and the, the public system's under a great deal of stress. But there's this private system uh, that's open to people who can self-pay. And, and uh, But it's actually quite a bit cheaper than, say, Europe, where treatments might be four to $500 a pop in uh, South Africa, they were about, in 1999, $180. So that's within reach of people even if they don't have insurance. And they're really pretty nice units. There's a, you know, sometimes I was the only patient. And so I had a doctor and a nurse all to myself. It was like oh, home wow. dialysis. And uh, other times, you know, you're in a kind of a, a low amenity situation where there isn't a TV or, you know, it's kind of, I'd be totally lost without a TV. <laughs> well, you got to bring a book or just talk to them. I remember uh, that was in Port Elizabeth, and, um, you know, just talk to the gentleman, and there were peacocks right outside the door. But And then uh, Nels Pruitt is uh, close to the Sabi Sabi Game Reserve, which is a kind of a famous game reserve. It was an amazing experience. It was just a, a great, you know, something that you just, I didn't think I would ever get to do. And then on that same trip from there, I flew on to uh, eventually Sydney and then Cairns, and I, I rented a room uh, just out of the paper and spent, you know, five weeks in Cairns living, kind of living abroad for a month, which is another thing I kind of never thought I would do. And at that, uh, in Cairns, which is right on the Great Barrier Reef, it was wonderful dialysis, kind of dialysis with a concierge service, I'd say. Oh, wow. <laughs> It was, uh, they'd pick you up and drop you off, uh, order, uh, carry out food from one of the restaurants around, and the uh, unit was on the 12th floor with floor-to-ceiling windows, so you'd look out on the Great Barrier Reef and the ships coming and going, and uh, incidentally, uh, there was the back of a hotel, so uh, you could use the unit's supplied binoculars to uh, do a little voyeurism. Wow, you so see, you kind of felt like Jimmy Stewart in Rear Window. Huh? Yeah, that's right. It could have been solving mysteries while I dialyzed in camp. Yeah, you took a lot of pictures of, uh, you know, Africa and everything. Did you, did you take pictures inside the dialysis unit to see the different, you know, memories of those? Yeah, I, I do. I have it's me dialyzing all over the world. I have a picture of me dialyzing on a um, bed that's also a scale. So there's a big, like, uh, like a butcher shop scale behind me, and uh, they can watch your weight decrease as they drop. 
draw fluid. That was in uh, Florence, Italy. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so it's just, you know, a little different. And, uh, and you know, some units, they actually have you change into scrubs, you know, before you dialyze. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, um, the units in Holland were like uh, the dental chairs. They were the most comfortable chairs ever, and they moved every which way. You know how, like, a dental chair is kind of long and narrow like that? And yeah. Yeah, and it, it was really quite comfortable. The other great thing about traveling is that uh, – Really, food is uh, almost always available when you travel abroad. Uh, either, uh, you know, something simple like a, um, just a loaf of bread and some cheese or uh, a four-course meal that I had in Taps in France where you had a steak and baked potatoes and uh, well, salad potatoes and cheese and course, potatoes? and then the, you could have beer or wine. Potatoes, <laughs> so, potatoes cheese, beer, and wine? I, I know. Aren't you concerned but, about the phosphorus and potassium? Well, Taps in France is known the world over, and I picked this unit on purpose because they've been dialyzing people for eight hours, three days a week since the 70s. Oh, they dialyzed for eight hours? Eight hours, three days a week, and they have tremendous outcomes, really good outcomes. And one of the things is you can eat cheeses and have a liberal diet like that. And so that was a real lesson that I learned when I traveled that, hey, there's other you know alternatives to this four-hour, three-day-a-week model, and, and some of them really make you feel good. And, uh, so, and, and so... You know, seeing how dialysis is, is uh, try to you know, challenge our ideas of what's possible. Now, I understand you recently switched from in-treatment, in-center dialysis, right? To a That's right. I, in uh, 2001, so it's, it's been a little while now, but I, I switched to home uh, high-dose dialysis. And uh, that means, uh, you know, dialyzing more than three times a week and... Because the first hour of dialysis is, is the best hour. The more first hours that you get, the better you feel. So you don't have to dialyze five hours or four hours each treatment. You can go two or three hours, but more frequently, and you feel much better. And, so how uh, often do you dialyze? Uh, dialyze. Dialyze. Six dialyze. or seven days a week. Sometimes I don't even take a day off. I might go 12 days in a row, and I dialyze two or three hours at a time, depending on when my last day off was. And, and uh, I think later this month I'll start dialyzing for eight hours on Friday and Saturday nights. Uh, and then I can just dialyze two hours during the work week. And, and so how do you feel uh, as compared to in-center, you know, three times a week? Oh, I feel great. I have energy and my diet's more liberal. It's, it's uh, easier dealing with the burden. I just after work, I go home and dialyze for two or three hours, watch TV, have friends over, go on the Internet. So it's a great fit for my life. And that's what I think is important is finding uh, the, the schedule and the treatment that fit, best fits your life. And uh, I don't think we should uh, be bent to fit somebody's model of dialysis rather than we should bend that model of dialysis to fit us. Right. You know, I understand there's cruises. Have you ever been on a cruise? At I the, did. In 1998, my mom and I uh, <laughs> went from Dover to Copenhagen, via the Scandinavian capitals, and St. Petersburg. And my mom, I made her spend uh, her first and last night in a youth hostel, the St. Petersburg Youth Hostel. <laughs> she must have loved that. <laughs> Instead of the five-star or whatever uh, Holland America line ship where, you know, you're dining on crystals and we were at the youth hostel. But it was a great experience. We got to see the Hermitage and walk around St. Petersburg. It was great. And uh, and that's right. When you're not in port, uh, either in the morning or at night, they will dialyze you in the infirmary of the ship. Uh, uh, sub, uh, like a subcontractor, dialysis is C. It's a separate company, sets up treatment, 
and uh, that's just set, organize it through them. There's a couple of companies that uh, organize cruises for people on dialysis. Now, do you like cruises or do you not like them? You know, I just kind of found that out. I, I really wanted to love it, but it's, you know, I just would rather be on land. And so if I was going to Alaska or Antarctica, <laughs> then I would go on a cruise because there's no other way. But for me in the Caribbean or uh, Europe, I, I like being on land. And it's kind of just, you know, some people love cruises, other people. I'm yeah, one I mean, of the I, next I, category. I, I um, never thought, I've never been on a cruise, and I never thought I would like it because I know a lot of it's built around eating, and I try to watch my diet. And the other thing is I understand when you're dining, you're assigned to a table, and you have to sit with the same people the entire time. And, you know, what if you don't <laughs> right. like that person? You know that scene in Animal House where they go to pledge, and they meet all the cool kids, and then they end up in the corner at the couch? I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> oh, you should see it. That is a wonderful movie. Oh, great. <laughs> I'll have to catch that. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's just a cruise experience and uh, maybe uh, a honeymoon experience or something with a couple. I mean, it's a couple thing. Uh, and it's expensive. I mean, all said and done, it's, it is more expensive than a land cruise. You know, the way I travel, setting it up myself and staying at sort of bed and breakfast style. Mm-hmm. Uh, or youth I, hostels. I've stayed in youth hostels. I've right. slept on the mom. floor of... Uh, train stations, you know, so I'm uh, getting older, I'm, I'm less likely to do that now. I'm kind of more of the bed and breakfast. You can write the book on, you know, Europe on $10 a day. <laughs> yeah, maybe a 50 I tried. Back when uh, the exchange rate was better. So well, I bet yeah. you meet some very interesting people. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've uh, tried to, and I, and I meet people online, too, because uh, there's kind of the community of people that love to travel and who are on dialysis, and there's I'm a moderator on the dialysis.com or globaldialysis.com website. Oh, and, what is that uh, as the name implies, globaldialysis.com, where 127 units uh, are listed in their database as offering dialysis around the world, or 127 countries uh, having dialysis facilities available for travelers. And it's called Global dialysis.com. Yep, and uh it's I, and so there's there's message boards there and I I've uh put a blog up with uh descriptions of past trips and emails I've write, written and uh and so I you know there's a whole group of people who love to travel. And I say that I have a uh wanderlust comorbidity. You know, comorbidity is something I have in addition to renal failure and and my comorbidity is wanderlust. And so you're, it's you're kind of expensive. Awfully big words. It just means I love to travel, <laughs> and I and I have a need to travel. Uh, that uh, just uh, really uh, nothing like it. I bet you met some fascinating people when you traveled. That people you probably wouldn't normally meet if you were on a typical trip. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, all over uh, in, in the units, uh, you know, like. Uh, just like I'm in Belgium and uh, get to talking to the guy at the unit, and then it turns out, you know, he's on the editorial advisory board of Nephrology News Initiative, the European, and we start knowing people in common and how long they've been in the business. There's a lot of people over there, you know, that started in dialysis in the 70s when it first kind of came to Europe and have been in it a long time, and they're open to new ideas, and, you know, and, and a lot of times I'll, I'll meet up with people that I've met online, so like uh, Lise in, in Holland and I uh, would go there and be able to meet her in person and, and meet space <laughs> instead of cyberspace. And uh, and it's also, you know, I've done things where, like when I was in Cannes, I, I rented a room, and it was from 
you know, people who are kind of into the techno dance scene. <laughs> That's, you know, a group I hadn't met before. So, I, you know, by getting out, you definitely get to meet all kinds, that's for sure. Now, when you're traveling in a faraway country like Australia, uh, is there anything you have to do on the airlines with such a long trip? Any tips or, or things that we have to remember as, as kidney patients? Well, uh, maybe even more so because I, uh, we can just stay in our seats. I don't often have to get up, you know, have to get up to go to the bathroom. So sometimes <laughs> it, it's, it can be uh, nice when uh, you're flying. And, and, so you can get a window seat and not a just have a window people. seat and call it good. So, I but I I'm I'm aware that uh, actually uh, you should make sure you stretch and not just sit in one position the whole time. So I try to kind of do that at the seat, or you can you know press your feet against things and squirm around. I guess more than anything. But no, I think it's uh, you know you have to keep that in mind. And I and I remember on that around the world trip, I I counted them down. I had 28 flights and all. <laughs> Wow. Your frequent flyer miles. You must have a ton yeah, of Yeah, I have a way of using those right back up, so <laughs> yeah. well, as soon um, as I get any amount of them. I have a question, Bill. I mean, and this is probably uh, something that are on the minds of many people out there. You know, have you have you gotten sick when you've traveled, or what, what precautions do you take? I mean, that's always Well, I always fear. tell myself that, you know, home is a day away, you know, right? And this day and age, you can get on a flight and be back uh, from just about anywhere in the world. So... Uh, that's kind of what I keep in mind going forth. But no, I've never had to uh, abort a trip and come home. I've uh, I've had a cold while traveling. And let me tell you, when you're in Paris with a cold, people just aren't sympathetic. Even, and, but it's no fun, you know, when you're when you just don't really feel well and you're out traveling. But um, as far as like uh, renal related or dialysis related, no, I really haven't. I uh, I was mugged in Costa Rica on that trip, but. <laughs> Uh, for me, that was like part of the travel adventure. You know, I was like, "Oh yes, I got mugged in Costa Rica." I thought that would never happen to me. But that had so, nothing to do with kidney disease, correct? That had nothing to do with kidney disease. But, uh, Where are you planning to go next? I mean, I'm excited to hear the adventure. <laughs> well, I have a, a lifetime Bill? goal of of seeing 50 countries, and uh, so I, my lifetime list right now is at 31. Wow. Um, I, I just that list just got shorter because I looked online uh, what counts as a country and apparently you can't count things like Bermuda and the Cayman Islands because they're associated with Britain or the Netherlands. So I went from 38 to 31 after looking online. It's the definition of a country, but uh, I, I think I can get to 50. I want to go to South America next. I'd love to go to Machu Picchu this year. Could and, you say uh, that again, please, slowly? Man, Machu Picchu, which is uh, Inca ruins in Peru, and uh, you fly into Lima and then go to Cusco, so both places have dialysis, and then from there I'd have to use my weekend to go visit the actual Inca ruins. Wow. And uh, And just is uh, something that would really appeal to me. And uh, another place in South America I'd love to go is Iguazu Falls, which is right on the Brazil-Argentina, um, I think, Paraguay border, and where three countries come together. It's a magnificent, huge, uh, natural wonder. And... Uh, you know, so I, I see a couple trips I could take. I'd love to get to Brazil. I'd, you know, there's Rio and uh, the, the rainforest, the coast. So um, I can in Chile and Santiago. And so uh, I think there's there's a lot of trips I could take to South America. And then I still have uh, you know sort of Central Europe to do the Croatia and uh, Hungary and. Uh, in Bulgaria, where I work. In Bulgaria. Yes, yes. Now, are you trying to set some kind of like, um, you know, record 
I mean, there's uh, like a... Like a I, 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 you know, I think book? you may be the most world-traveled dialysis patient in right, the world. That's what I'm saying. What is the book, uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not? Ripley's. And there you go, the Guinness. Yeah, the Guinness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Record. It, the it is kind of a Ripley's Believe It or Not, because I think some people listening may not, you know, believe that you've actually done this, but, because, uh, you know, it's just, it's so hard to believe, but it's just absolutely amazing that, um, I think you... Well, I just think it's, uh, it's, it's just worked out real well. I mean, it, it's a good fit for travel, I think. Like, when I'm going around Europe with someone, uh, a lot of times travel can seem like a three-legged race. you got to do everything together. But uh, when people travel with me, they know they're going to have five hours, three days a week, that they can do whatever they want. A lot of times they sleep, but uh, anyways, if they, you know, so it's just, it, it works out great. You always travel with somebody, right? No, I've I have always said that uh, the choice is between going alone and not going, I'll go alone. So, so do you enjoy uh, it more alone, or do you enjoy it more with somebody else? Um, you know, it just it doesn't. Uh, I, I have great times when I travel by myself. It, uh, um, and then people, a lot of times, will plug into to parts of it, but uh, don't have a preference. I'm well, happy to go alone. You know, let me ask you something. Now, this is just between you and me and Lori, and probably <laughs> about you know two hundred million other people. That's right. Have you ever been on a trip with someone that you wish you hadn't gone on it with them? <laughs> uh, no, well, I mean, you don't have to mention names. We don't want names or anything. We just want to. Have you ever? I've, I've, I, I've the first trip, trip I took somebody. in '96, I was in in Paris. Uh, I had started by myself for three weeks. Then I went to Paris, met my mom, and traveled with my mom for oh, two I hope weeks. Oh, it's not your mom. You're going to say you weren't. You didn't want to be. No. There. Well, what happened was uh, after the two weeks we traveled together, we came back to Paris, and I had a girlfriend come. And so it was hard to have uh, both a girlfriend and a mom at the same time. <laughs> so one or the other, I would say on that. But uh, yeah, so that that was a lesson. Yeah, that would be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> well, and now how do you choose where you're going to go? Do you take a globe and throw a dart at it, and then that's wherever it lands, that's where you go? Well, yeah, it's opportunity, and um, you know, just uh, with Europe, it was just like uh, keep going back for seconds. You know, so I had done the, the trip in 96 with two months and hit seven different countries, and then 97 went back and went from Portugal to Italy, and then 98 was a cruise, and uh, in 2000, and I went to Turkey, and, uh, and so I just, you know, love traveling around Europe, keep going back to Paris. How do you get all this time off? Well, it's a priority, <laughs> and so I work through the union, and uh and I'm not on the clock. I'm not getting paid, so I can take unpaid time off. And uh, but that it, you know, travel's a priority, or it has been. And um, and so it just, uh, you know, it's not promised. Like maybe they'll change the union rules. So I want to make sure I got in a travel. And I uh, now here it is, 11 years later. I'm still going, but uh, I just. Now take you mentioned your trip. dog earlier. Do you do you take your dog along? No, my dog's real lucky that uh, he comes to work with me uh, every day, and when I travel, he actually comes to work anyways. He, usually a friend will 
drop them off or else my uh, person <laughs> who rents my mother-in-law. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> what was that? Does someone do your job for you while you're gone? <laughs> uh, he he has more hours here than I do because uh, he's always here, but uh, it's a good deal. So he, he comes in here. He just thinks he works here. And, uh, we and you're in the, the carpool. carpenter's union, right? You're in the carpenter's union? That's right. And so we, he's the union steward. He's the shop steward here. Yeah, so it must be really weird to see a pug with a tool belt on. A pug? <laughs> <laughs> I know, Billy, you have a you have a blog, correct, for those of the people who don't know what yeah, a pug I, is. Yeah, when I travel, I love to write and read and things I don't have time to do uh, when I'm at home. So... Uh, lately, I've been putting it onto that globaldialysis.com website, and so there, for instance, I, I would send in uh, reports from my three weeks in Mexico, which I just had last Christmas, went down and uh, started the trip by myself, uh, went to uh, Chichen Itza, which was a Mayan ruin, is a Mayan ruin, and then Merida, uh, the capital of the Yucatan, and then took a, a bus back across the Yucatan Peninsula, a five-hour bus ride, and uh, spent the next week in Cancun by uh, myself taking Spanish lessons. And then uh, uh, right before Christmas, my uh, family came down, and I spent time with them. And then I had a couple days by myself, and then a, a friend I've known since we were eight years old came down with his son, and uh, we spent about five days over New Year's together. So, uh, you know, that, that that's all written up on the blog. And, uh, and then I went back and posted... Uh, previous trips and uh, I'll keep trying to post things as I find it. Well, that's really interesting. So if people want to, um, you know, ask you a question or confer with you, they can go to this uh, blog that you have. Yeah, or there's actual discussion boards, too, where there's a travel category and people post questions all the time about, uh, you know, recommending a dialysis unit in New York or how to set up dialysis in Rome, those sort of things, what's a good unit in London. And uh, those are all questions I've answered, and I love answering questions on there because then they're there for other people. Because uh, I would say almost always, uh, if you have a question, someone else has the same question. So try to answer those. Uh, and, and it's not just me, though. There's uh, you get the There's whole community travelers. of people who are traveling right. able to answer your questions. Right. And and so it's what is it again? What's the name of the website again? It's, uh, Global Dialysis, all one word, uh, dot com. GlobalDialysis.com, and you and, can go to your blog. And, That's right. Uh, you know, Bill, will you come back on our show sometime and maybe compile the top ten questions people ask, have about travel? Sure. And uh, answer them for us? I think that would be fun. That would be great. But you got to do it in a David Letterman style. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Top right. ten. Thank you so much for joining us. And oh, thank uh, you, And you're too. probably off to the airport right now as we speak. That's exactly. right. I'm packing my bags. So. All righty. Okay, uh, thank you, thanks, Bill. Sorry. Bye. Good talking to you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, More than 20 million Americans, one in nine adults, have chronic kidney disease, and another 20 million more are at risk. Yet most people don't even know it. Anyone can get chronic kidney disease, but some people are more likely than others to develop it. People in high-risk groups include diabetics and those with high blood pressure. 
Chronic kidney disease usually causes no symptoms until it reaches an advanced stage, but simple tests can be done to detect kidney disease early. Please visit your doctor to find out if you might be at risk. And if you've been diagnosed with kidney disease, have your family members tested. Well, that was a really fascinating show. I, I just want to be taken away. No, no, that's no, the bath. That's, that's the bath. That's no. um, Well, I could. You don't I need guess a travel agent to take a bath, Lori. <laughs> just take me away. Okay, She's so I need spoiled. to come up she with. She has the, to have somebody book her bath for her. I know. Um, well, I think the one thing that's so refreshing about this whole show is it just reminds everybody that you can still do the things you want to. Sometimes you have to just plan a little bit more. But um, you can still no, live you a can full still life do and it. still and, travel. And I think Bill Peckham really, you know, showed us how, you know, you can do it and doesn't let anything stop you at all. And I think what's really interesting about his story is that he enjoys traveling more because he makes it part of the adventure. You know, it's like he's going to go to this new unit and he meets all these new people. And he makes it part of the experience of traveling. And that's what traveling is really about, is about experiencing new things and adventure. And what can be more adventurous than going to a Dallas's unit out of the country? Right, exactly. (laughs) I mean, and, and, uh, you know, the thing is, when I travel... I like to do some of the touristy things, but one of my favorite things is to do the what the locals do. Exactly. And like you said, what's more local than going to a dialysis unit? Exactly, learning about the culture. And then just learning the little nuances about what you need to do to travel safely and make sure that you're totally prepared. Because, right, you know, it takes some preparation more so than saying, hey, let's just go to, you know, Africa this weekend or something. To ensure know. that your travel experience is good. Right. And I think that that's uh, really important. So we really appreciate all that, that information that we received. Yeah, so happy traveling, people. And, and uh, you know, if you have a suggestion uh, about traveling and some something that you've experienced as a patient uh, traveling, give us a call. Our number is 866-379-4673. And you have to dial the one now. Yes. Say it again. One. One. And uh, leave a message for us and we'll, you know, we'll possibly play it on the air in the future. And if we play it on the air, what do you win? You win. I know you want the can of kidney beans. I know I can send you a complimentary renal support network. Two pen. free replica tickets to Tanzania. <laughs> they're not real tickets. They're replicas. Exactly. And you can also um, send us an email at kidneytalk at rsnhope.org. Happy traveling. Renal Support Network would like to thank everyone who has made this show possible. Kidney Talk's founding sponsor is Amgen. Generous support is provided by Roche Pharmaceuticals and Astellas. Friends of Kidney Talk are Abbott Laboratories, American Region, and Fresenius Medical Care North America. Thank you for helping us stream health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. Visit rsnhope.org for more information. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. 